hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. You know, one of the things this world really needs is storytellers and not just, you know, someone sitting around a campfire, although that's fantastic, but using different mediums, you know, like the arts to get these stories out there and to share them with the world and to bring, to raise awareness, I guess, you know, to all the issues that are going on and and, there just isn't enough of it. And when you get somebody exceptional who really owns the camera, really owns the production and just really brings stories to life, the world needs that. That is so, so essential to the healing of the world, I guess, but through things like songs um, and music, you know, and through films and photography, we can really feel what's coming through the screen at us or what's coming through to us. And one of the people that is absolutely exceptional at this is my guest today. So let me tell you about her. She is fantastic. Danielle McAlpine Johnson is a director, producer, and writer devoted to using the performing arts and entertainment industry to explore issues of injustice. With an innate desire to see the next generation impacted to rise up in their own identity and fulfill the calling of their life, Danielle believes that relentless love and passion can overflow through the arts into the hearts of viewers. Along with her husband, singer-songwriter Chico Johnson, Danielle runs Cheeky Mac Productions, who have recently premiered Beyond the Fire on Network 10, which is a seven-part documentary series celebrating Gippsland's unsung heroes as they rebuild their life from the ashes after the Australian Black Summer bushfire crisis. They also created Behind the Sash, a 10-part humanitarian series currently available on ACC TV and Virgin In-Flight Entertainment. Parents to three beautiful children, Jason, River and Nevaeh, Chico and Danielle continue on the pursuit of truth and revelation through music and film and enjoy travelling with plenty of adventure. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much, you beautiful human you. I'm so excited to, to be with you today. Oh, I'm excited to have you too. We've, we've tried this a few times and you've had the flu and there's been a lot going on, but um, so, so glad to have you here. And I'll tell you what, we got to meet in person, you know, we've been chatting for God knows how long, and but to, I got to meet you in person last week at the International Women's Day event in Warrigal and freaking loved it. You, you're just amazing. You're just gorgeous. Oh, likewise. I am. Yeah. As I've been watching you and enjoying your podcasts and and your beautiful humor online, but to meet you in person, I was like, this woman has got so much positive energy and just love for the world. And yeah, it was, I really enjoyed just, it was like this beam of light just coming towards me. I was like, there she is a big hug in person. So it was really nice. It was, it was lovely. 
Oh, thank you. It's like, um, yeah, the problem is I'm like a bit of a steamroller with my hugs. You know, it's kind of like, here I, here I come and then can be brace yourself. <laughs> well, I think after COVID, it's like it's a double whammy because every, nobody's been allowed to hug and then all of a sudden you're allowed to hug and it's like, boom. <laughs> <Double portion. laughs> I know, I know, and I and you you did the um, moderating for a panel discussion on at um, International Women's Day, and that was just fantastic. It was so wonderful to um, a to have you because you you moderate with such beautiful compassion, you know, and such care for the people that you're talking to. But it was also beautiful to have. Um, uh, just average everyday women who are doing marvelous things, you know, to, to help the world. And I, I tell you, you know, when women come together and, and I, and I'm not trying to be sexist because, you know, we have to have men at the table for, for things to change. Absolutely. And there's a massive gap that does need to change. But I think when you get um, women together with the understanding that if they pick each other up, um, you, you know, and, and just, like we said, we spoke before the interview, you know, without that expectation of something for me, uh, it, the world's a better place. And it's, it's truly beautiful when we can support each other like that. So. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're spot on Karen. Like in my experience, I, I mean, I guess we've all got big hearts and we've all got big hearts of compassion and we, we love people hard but I think some of us have got that, that little extra soft heart that is really big for people and really hungry for love and hungry to make a change in the world. Um, and sometimes when you have that, a lot of people come with an expectation that they can gain from you. And one thing I've experienced is that there are beautiful women out there that want to come alongside you and support you without needing anything in return. And when we find those people, we have to hold on to them because they're rare and, um, and we've all got a big call upon our life. We're all destined. You know, I spoke at the conference about we, we all are very unique and authentic and no one carries the gift that we carry the way we carry it. We may have many, you know, there may be many podcasts out there or many film producers or, or many teachers or whatever it is, but the way we do it is authentic to who we are. And when we understand that, I think there is an opportunity to co-labor with people and go, I'm not competing against her. I'm not um, in competition, but I'm actually here to support each other and see each other fly like eagles. You know what I mean? Like we can soar on that, on that storm. And, and um, so, yeah, that's been my experience. And I hope that that message got out in the conference. Uh it, it did. And it's really important. And, and it's kind of like what you're talking about, too, that is, um, if it makes it easier for people to understand, it's like a relationship, even just friends. You know, when you are in a relationship with somebody, even when you're talking about collaborating with people, that there's got to be, um, it's got to be how can I bring more, you know, to the whole thing? And how can, as, as a pair of us together, or many of us together, how can we, um, you know, elevate that energy, to, you know, so that it becomes greater than the sum of, you know, each of us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just beautiful, because when you, when you're in something with anybody, and you're trying to get out for you, you, you you're deducting, you know, and, and that's not, that the world doesn't work like that. And yeah, it's, you know, it, you're spot on. Like I always go back to that. It's a very cliched saying, but it's you reap what you sow more than you sow later than you sow. So if you continue to, to plant seeds of, you know, righteousness and love and purity and honor and lifting people up, then eventually you're going to receive that 
later on in a larger portion. Yeah. But it also works in reverse. If you're planting seeds of like taking from people and gaining and being opportunistic, then that's what you're going to reap in the future. So we're all just better off planting good seeds yeah. and reaping a beautiful harvest. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know what? I think when you when you plant the seeds of of take, you are attached to the outcome. When you when you plant the seeds of service and doing good, you're not attached to the outcome. And and it, when the rewards come, it surprises you. It's like, oh my god! And you're much more gracious and much much more um, surprised. And it's 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 beautiful. You appreciate it a lot more than oh, I didn't expect that. No, that should have come. You know, it, it's it's. Yes. Uh, I love it. We could talk about this forever, but we should really talk about all the great things that you've done because... Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no I know you underplay yourself so much, but, geez, my God, you shouldn't because you um, you bring this amazing, you, you know, well, two things. Like the, the two things that are standing out to me, but there's so much more. That, to the, You know, you, you brought a series behind the sash and beyond the fires, you know, for... Uh, one for women and one for the fires of East Gippsland to try and um, bring back some, you know, bring some love back into it and, and to support that. So they're two incredible, incredible things. And there's so much more to you because before you were, actually, I'm not going to tell your story. You tell your story. How did you? <laughs> your story is. Probably more of an expert on you than I am. So how did you, what's your journey into, um, well, one thing is that you're highlighting injustices, you know, and you're doing it through um, film and that sort of stuff. How was the journey that that, that got you there? What, what's yeah. that? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I think as a my mum said that when I came out of her womb, I didn't come out crying. It was like I came out, I didn't cry, and my eyes just opened and it was like they were just curious. She said I was the most curious little human being she'd ever seen. And she was a school teacher. And she said I was looking at the doctors and I was looking at mummy and daddy and I was looking at all the lights and I was just taking it all in. And I think from I was born, I was quite a curious person. I, I wanted to know people. I wanted to know their heart. I wanted to know what the world was. And I've always been fascinated with different cultures and Growing up in Gippsland, I was quite secluded in the sense that I think there was one half Fijian girl in our class and everybody else was Anglo-Saxon. Like we were all like whiteies. And so that for me growing up, I was quite, I guess, in this bubble. And my family, you know, we're eighth generation Gippslandians. We, we came from Ireland, Scotland over in the 1800s, um, set up in Port Albert, and we've been there ever since. And so my parents although they were the most beautiful people, like they were just, they and they, my dad still is, my mum, God bless her, um, she passed away 18 months ago and was a complete angel. Um, they were just really amazing people, but they didn't have that connection with other cultures and understanding. And unfortunately, when you have lived in that bubble, sometimes there's some racism and there's some things that you grow up not understanding mm. and so I carried that so I came from a place of being what I believe was very ignorant and um and I guess sheltered and it wasn't until um my mum regrettably at at the moment she did it I think she was regrettable but then later on she became to love it but she found a tiny little article in the newspaper in in the Gippsland Times saying teacher needed on remote island in the Bahamas, please call. And so she sent it to me as a joke, thinking there's no way she's going to ever, ever apply. And I, I applied and I got the job. <laughs> and 
my my university I don't know how I did it because I was a bit of a rat bag back then and I barely went to uni and I was always in the clubs and just you know living one of those crazy lives but I I they graduated me they fast-tracked my graduation and I got high distinctions across the board I don't know how I did it honestly um not by my might (laughs) um packed up and moved to the Bahamas and it was the greatest thing I could have done because it opened my eyes up to a world that I had never experienced and my encouragement to anybody is travel it's the greatest thing we can do and it's the greatest gift we can give our children is to encourage them to understand other cultures and understand other beliefs and and the way people work because we're so privileged in Australia and we don't realize it and um you know, white privilege, that's another topic and I won't get into that, but we are so abundantly privileged here and and moving to the Bahamas opened my eyes in such a massive way because um, my my now husband, who we've been together for 16 years, um, that's where I met him. But so his island, it's this magnificent tiny island. It's only, I think, two miles long, three miles wide and people like Al McPherson and all these huge celebrities have houses there, like extreme, like beauty. I think the beach got voted the most beautiful beach in the world five years in a row. It's stunning. The sand is pink. The water is turquoise. So you've got all these millionaires and I think 11 billionaires living on this island. But then on the other scale of that, you've got poverty. You've got, you know, and and it's not the poverty that you would see in, say, Thailand or um, the Philippines where people are living in shanties, um, which just rips my heart open. But there is poverty there. People, you know, people coming from Haiti um, and even some of the Bahamians, they're, they're living in in circumstances that that no human being should. And so you've got these two extremes existing on this tiny little island and that opened my eyes up to so much. And I think that's where my passion for injustice birthed out of um I've got my own story that I'm sure I'll tell one day um probably not ready to share it just yet but I'm writing about it and once I share that I'm sure it'll you know hopefully help a lot of women but um so there's I've experienced injustice and I've seen it with my own eyes and and you know as I spoke about at the at the conference um when we marry our passion, which is for me filmmaking, and our pain, which for me was injustice, we're able to find a purpose in life and live a really purpose-driven life that can create change and be a catalyst for other people to grow. And so that's where it all started. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then you, so then you married Chico and yes, and then you've got, as you said, caramel kids. Yes. <laughs> See, now that's isn't that the beauty of um you, you know when 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 we step outside of our bubble you know and, and embrace other cultures and embrace other things that are different to what we what we had as kids because I had the same upbringing and my parents are great but it was just what was done you know you just said things and you, you copied your parents and it wasn't until you expanded that you started to realize but you know you've ended up with these beautiful caramel kids and they are they are freaking stunning, you know, and and, and that is a that's a, a byproduct of um, you know opening up to to what's different to to what you normally had. I, I love that story, and I love what you're saying about blending, you know, your passion with the pain. And I think that is that's the icky guy, you know, that's the gem that really really brings um, uh, uh, projects and and initiatives to life, and and not just brings them to life. Um, 
there's a there's a distinct energy that sits behind them do you know that where people feel and like with your um you know the two two series that i'm talking about you know watching them you feel that you know you you've got this amazing way of um of I, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but putting your energy and your compassion and your your blend of pain, uh, of pain and passion into that, so that it, it 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 comes out and it's you feel it like you're watching it and you feel the conversation. And I, I think that's just it's it's fantastic. There's going to be some people that say, well, you know, if you're so worried about injustices, there are a lot of people in government, um, you know, dealing with this pen pushing pens and papers and everything else and, and you're just doing this fluffy arty thing um what do you say about that yeah no I um that that's a fair enough statement and I think um I look I'm, at it in I'm the, not saying that's true I'm saying yeah, yeah no I know I know that you wouldn't say that but I know that some people would and you know honestly as a creative I've come up against that um at times where people you know even as a school teacher they took they took drama out of some schools because they needed to more time to teach literature and math. Well, we're all created with different yep. um, interests and different abilities and, and children don't learn the same. Every We all learn differently and we all carry these different gifts. So my, I guess, challenge to a statement like that would be, well, if we want to change the next generation and we want to impact the hearts of the next generation to actually rise up and change a lot of the issues of injustice that are taking place right now, what is it that they eat up? Do they eat up the message from the politicians and talking heads on TV or do they eat up what's in school? Some of them, yes. But a huge portion of our next generation are impacted by the arts, yeah. by what they see on TV and by what they hear in their iPhone or iPod. So music and film has the ability to touch hearts in a way that politicians won't or that teachers won't. And I truly believe that um, storytelling and sharing the human heart and share and sharing experience through storytelling in a really creative way triggers places in people's brains and hearts that no politician ever could. And if we're in this game and in this world to be a catalyst for change, then we have to look at the avenues that are really going to have impact. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's not the norm. Sometimes or quite often it's, it's something that nobody else has experienced. You know, I read the other day that complacency, no, famil familiarity breeds complacency and contempt. And if we're getting the same message from the same person over and over again, and there's nothing unique and nothing creative and nothing new, then we're not changing. We're, we're set in our ways. And so I think we're in an era where music and film and art and just beautiful creativity can make an even deeper impact than some of the normal ways that we've used in the past. Yep. 100%. I just did a talk for Parliament the other day on um, challenging the status quo and exactly like that, you know, just it's it, the, the same old, same old, um, you know, what you're saying, you know, being taught, being taught what to think and not how to think, you know, and, and this coming from um, policies and procedures, we're sick to death of being told what to do, you know, and, and what to think and all that kind of stuff. But when you put it in a creative sense, in a film, you're starting to open up people's minds to questioning. Do you, you know, they're like, well, what if? And, you know, oh, I never thought of that. And you're actually really, really, um, you know, perpetuating how to think. And, and that's what we want. We want this generation 
um, you know, doing how to think. And the other thing is to that, don't ask a lot of young people, you know, what do you think? But you did, you know, in your, in your Beyond the Fire series, I, you're talking about that, not me, but I want to touch on this one. Um, you know, one of the ones where you, you spoke to the, and I can't think of the name of them. Oh, it's, the Sanctuary? The Sanctuary yeah, in Malacuta. Yeah, in Malacuta. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you were talking to those um, kids, well, some are not, not, little kids but just youth you know talking to them and asking them and, and because of the way you were doing it you know and because it was film and it was questioning and it was emotional and subtle and that um they were giving some I felt way beyond their years responses because they were in a in a um a situation or in a comfort in a zone that was exactly what you're saying you know it's about conversation and it's about listening and subtleties and art and you know being togetherness and and images and it, it's uh, you know you I, I did ask you that question with tongue-in-cheek you know and, and I was sort of you know being um but I 100% agree with you I, I think that we need to ask this question way more often you know is, and challenge the whole creativity thing challenge that uh is 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 the right stuff coming from the left brain, you know, activities that are forced upon us or, or should we be looking at, um, you know, shifting things for, in the way that you're doing it and uh, letting our right brain have a lot more say and a lot more influence over how we're creating a new world. So I, I absolutely, absolutely love it. And um, so tell us about Behind the Sash. So you you did this with, uh, so be, be, before, what you didn't tell us is that you used to be, uh, uh, used to uh, produce and create, you know, TV commercials and, you know, yeah. you had this whole, so you didn't just sort of jump behind the camera and say, well, I'm, I'm just going to film these <laughs> women, you know, like you certainly were doing that, but it was in the commercial field, you know, being told what to do in a sense, even though it was creative, but you've sort of taken, well, hang on a minute, I can do something better. You know, so behind the sash, you've you've uh, it was a, a multi-part series, and you've got four women, you and you one of them, and you've uh, travelled around to shine a light on injustice. So, how did you four women tell us about these four women? You, you of course, you one. So there's only three others. And how did you get with them, and why did you decide to do this together? Um, well, we funny story. I as I was producing and directing. And writing television commercials and um one of the women that I cast in a BMW commercial was the former Mrs Australia so everyone knows Miss Australia but not many people know about the Mrs Australia mm. which is the pageant for women um over 25 yeah. and so she was like telling me you know, I said to her, I said, you're so much, so much more beautiful in person than you are on your comp card. You need to get a new comp card because you're just like glorious. And she was like, well, don't you know that I'm Mrs. Australian? I was like, no. I was like, what is this? And she started telling me about it. And, um, and I was like, oh yeah, well, I grew up on motorbikes and in gumboots and not really <laughs> my cup of tea and then she said oh no but it's not just about the crown and the heels and the stage it's actually an opportunity to fight for injustice and to platform whatever's on your heart and that's when my bell went off and I was like okay well I guess I'll go and so I I entered and got in and ended up winning Mrs Australasia and went to China to compete for Australasia and um and Two other women, one went as Mrs. Australia and another went as um, as Mrs. Oceana, and that was Becky and Giselle. And we had the most amazing experience. It was 
something that I never thought I'd ever do, um, but something that really opened my eyes again because there's 80 women there from every country in the world, you know, somebody representing each country and they're all on stage and you spend 12 days together learning these routine dance routines. It's broadcast to 136 million people. Um, and I was just like, whoa, this is nuts. I mean, it's not reality. You go there and you're living in this pageant bubble which is you know you come back home and no one knows who you are but whilst you're there (laughs) whilst you're there it's like there was I think 20 armed guards walking around with guns protecting us there was paparazzi everywhere there was it was like this other world and I was like oh this is really cool but as I said you come back to Australia and no one gives a crap (laughs) (laughs) so I was just like okay this is this is an amazing experience but what I noticed is a lot of women were chasing their identity in a crown. Yeah. But we all we all have our own crown. It's invisible. You know, we're crowned with glory and we're crowned with beauty and we're crowned with like I said before a un- unique identity and unique purpose and a lot of these women including myself didn't realize that and didn't they're all fighting for this one thing to be this Mrs. Mm. Universe or Mrs. Global Mrs. World or whatever whatever you're competing for. And so um I came back and I was just like I got, actually got invited to go back again the following year and represent Oceana. And I, um, humbly I say this, but I came um, third runner-up in the world. So I was able to stand there with, you know, five women on stage and be in the top five. And that was mind-blowing because I, I didn't think I deserved it. I didn't, there was women far more aesthetically beautiful than me, but I think whatever I said or whatever I carried, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But um, I came back and... I thought, wow, we need to create something around this that kind of flips it on its head and and um, challenges that pageant uh, mentality of com- competition between women mm-hmm. and competing against each other and and having to be the prettiest or having to be the smartest or having to be the most successful. Mm-hmm. And so we flipped that on its head and we created a show about uplifting women and we platformed ten beautiful, oh sorry, eight beautiful women who were all fighting for a different injustice Mm. and um, we highlighted the injustice and then platformed these women. And in the final episode, we had, I guess, a pageant that wasn't a pageant. It was a, it was a platforming of, of powerful women who got up and got to share their story about why they're fighting for what they're fighting for. And for me, um, you know, it was four years in development um, and it changed as it, as it, and it got deeper and deeper and it, gave me the revelation that our little girls are looking at women these women who are aesthetically flawless they've had billions and millions of dollars worth of work done how can we achieve that kind of beauty if we don't have that money or or what's on the magazine covers and are we wanting our girls to reach for that I know I don't and so it was it was what what should our daughters be reaching for? And and I felt like these women that we platformed were those type of women. They're women that, yes, they're beautiful aesthetically, but there's some, their beauty is far more than what's on the outside. Their heart for injustice and their heart for change in this world um, shines 10 times brighter. And so we wanted to platform women that our little girls could say, hey, I want to be like her. Yep. Yeah. We, women have just got such um, so much grit and so much power and so much passion and so much you know no I'm not I'm not budging so much intolerance for, for what it is that they're passionate about or what their cause is and they just they just keep going and keep going and keep going and their strength is just 
incredible. And I don't think it's highlighted enough. Do you know? And and so for you to you know, showcase these women doing incredible things. I think there needs to be way more of it. How do you measure that success? Like, how do you how do you come out at the end of that series and go, you know what, we did, we nailed it, we got that, we got that? Yeah, well, I think um, I, I'm kind of one of those people that always go to, how can I improve? <laughs> so my, my husband and my dad are always saying, you're way too hard on yourself and you need to give yourself some credit. But I think... Um, I learned a lot through that pr- production. It was the first mega production that I had done. Um, and it was off the back of my mother's death. Mm-hmm. So my mom died four days before, well, in the middle of um, of pre-production and four days before we started filming anything. So for me, I was in a different headspace, but somehow supernaturally we pulled it off. Um, but as far as success, I think when you receive messages still to this day, I'm still getting messages that from women who are finding it. It's currently on ACC TV. When you receive messages saying this episode touched me, thank you for creating this. And and I get these weekly. Um, I think that's the success. You know, some people would, would go, well, did you sell the show? We sold it to Virgin for a tiny bit and, and, um, and ACC TV, and it's now hopefully getting distributed through Fred media, but who knows what's going to happen. And, and we're trying to get that, that revenue back for the investment but um and that's that's one way of I guess some people would say success but for me personally success comes from the hearts and the impact that the show has made so um for instance with Beyond the Fire which um all of my learnings from Behind the Sash I took into Beyond the Fire and changed everything and changed the way we did everything and made sure that it was a really gentle process um because I had burnt out and I didn't want that to happen again for myself or my team. Um, and so with the success of that, we've actually had, um, we had an incredible funding body that came on board for Beyond the Fire. Uh, Sue Medson um, from Connect Well uh, from Gippsland Lakes Complete Health and a board of really passionate people around the area of mental health. And, and we've put something in place where they can actually measure the success of the show through um, analytics, through social media, through the numbers and the figures um, of reach on the network. And that's about how many people have gotten this message. And the whole message around Beyond the Fire was um, sharing the unsung hero stories with a strong emphasis on mental health and how important it is for us to remember that even though the fires have gone and, and the trees are starting to grow back and, and people are starting to build, the impact of that fire on everyone's mental health within the region is still significant. And these are some of the ways we can deal with that. So to be able to get that messaging out to, you know, I don't know how many million people got to hear that message um, and then through all the social media again, people writing and thanking you for, you know, I've had messages that make me cry saying, thank you for seeing us. Thank you for, um, for not forgetting about us and what we're going through and for shining a light on this. And for me, that's success. You know, I, I couldn't care less about social media numbers or money or yes, that's all great. And you've got a responsibility when investors come on board to, to get that back. And so you're always pushing to try and get that back, but I guess my heart and my mind in success is who have you impacted and for what? And and I think film and TV and music has the ability, like we said before, to 
to touch the places of people's hearts and those little crevices that nothing else can touch. There's something that happens in people's hearts. And, and if you can create change and actually create some type of healing for people through this and allow people to go, oh, somebody sees me and somebody, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. And so if you can have that impact, I think for me, that's success. A hundred percent. And I agree with you, you know, the, the more, the bigger the reach and the more success it has as far as, you know, getting onto, you know, past Virgin and, you know, onto all more, more channels. Yes, it might make money. And yes, that's nice. And as you said, you know, we all need money to put on the table, but it's, it's when you, when you impact people, when you change a life, do you know, that's successful. And I think that every project you do, even if you change one life, yeah. You know that's success. Do you, you know, and it's um, I, I'm sure you've changed uh, hundreds of, if not thousands and thousands of lives. And that bit you're talking about, you know, being seen and not forgotten. You know, it's <laughs> East Gippsland, but it's not just East Gippsland. I mean, there were terrible fires up in in New South Wales as well. You know, that took out a big chunk. But those fires were utterly devastating. And I've got my own story there. Well, I'll tell you in a second. But, you know, the, the, what happened is people were just starting to rebuild and buddy COVID came and everyone was kind of like, no, down tools, everybody out there, you know, and it's kind of like, what are you skip saying? What fires? Yeah. You know, what, what happened? Well, we're dealing with COVID, so we're off the... But, but the people living there are still um, faced with that devastation. You know, they still haven't got some houses built it's kind of like we, we just don't understand it we kind of say oh the fires you know that's bad yeah some lost of houses that's a shame you know it actually threw me and I've, to- I've talked about this on many of my um, podcasts and in it it and it was a catalyst to this podcast is, is that the fires were the end for me like they they tipped me right off my right off my game completely and and I was um they, you know, I'm going to tear up. I can't oh, even. I wish it. I could give you a hug. <laughs> Sorry, no, but it's a fire. You know, they, the fires that that broke me, didn't you know? And um, I people were losing their lives and losing their um, their their livelihoods and their farms, their homes. But the thing that touched me the most, and this is not negate, not taking away the human side, was the one billion animals. And mm. I'm such an animal. Yeah, animal yep. lover. And, and I, I, you know, the koalas and the possums and all the slow-moving animals and even the bugs that, that people dismiss that, oh, for God's sake, they are such a crucial part of our e- ecosystem, you know. Yes. But but they couldn't get out of there. Even even fast-moving kangaroos couldn't get out. And and I was so angry and I didn't know if I was angry at the government or, or uh, you know, at... at well, I am actually angry at the go. I will be honest about that, you know, and it's, um, but I couldn't pinpoint. But anyway, it threw me off the rails and, you know, and I went to start this podcast and then my sister had a cardiac arrest and then, oh. you know, we, she, they saved her and, you know, then COVID and it's like, fuck it, you know. But I got to a point where, and on plus I, I wanted to volunteer with an animal rescue thing yeah. and I, I rejected, you know, and we, we don't like that, you know, because I needed, and it wasn't that, it wasn't being upset that I got rejected. What it was was that I felt helpless, you, yeah. you know. And so all these people were suffering, all these animals are suffering, and I just wanted to do something. There's nothing I could do. And I'm one of these people that I'm always doing something and I'm always, you know, was in this, not not always in a saviour mode, but I can, you know, I can always come to the rescue every yeah, something. You're amazing. And I wasn't able to do anything. And yeah. then it just got to the point, I thought, well, if I do the podcast, I can encourage people mm. to 
inspire people to to get off the bench and do their thing and then that's going to help in some way that's going to help the people up there so 100 percent you know but it's 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 freaking devastating and and you know, and, and I'm angry at the government. And when you do your episode, I think it was episode four, Circle of Fire, yes. you know, you interviewed the, um, you know, local Aboriginal people, the Indigenous people, and they talked about um, how they used to do, used to do and still do and should do more, you know, the, the burning, the circle burning and and how it was, how it's controlled and how you only burn and when it's damp and stuff yeah. like this. And, and we have become you know you're married to a black man you know we we become so so um Mm -hmm. arrogant and ignorant as white white supremacists you know that that we we've forgotten the ways of of how native people how people who are from the earth you know Mm -hmm. people who know so much better than us um we've just completely trashed over top of of their um traditions or their practices you know and yep. and we're, we're 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 screwing this world up i mean i'm getting a little bit ranty because i'm so passionate about this I agree. We're, we're screwing this world up because we have got we've become so focused on things that that we see as success you know and we we see as um uh, how things should be and you know it it doesn't White ways don't work in every situation. And until we can come together as one world and one people and one love, do you, you know, we're, we're not going to get it right. And the, when you did that, um, that circle of fire, I, I watched that. I just had tears streaming down my face. And, yep. You know, and the, the, the compassion and the togetherness and the message in the... The, the people that were talking, the Indigenous people that were talking, it's it's all there. It's all there and we're not seeing it, you know. And so if nothing else, you, you, you know, you touched me with that. Oh, show, but thank you, yeah. Somebody else messaged me and this is, you know, you don't see this. You talk about what you see. Um, a, a friend of mine messaged me and said, oh, my God, beyond the fires, have you seen it? And I said, I have. I love it. She said, oh, episode four, my God, I can't stop crying. Now, you know, so I'm only telling you now because I'm thinking to tell you and we often, how many other people like that get messages like that and never get them to you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. No, that means the world and, and you're getting me all teary now, I think. I'm sorry. No, that's I'm okay. So- I don't think I've got too many tears left, to be honest. I think I cried every day on set through the through filming um, Beyond the Fire because for me it was a bit of a healing process. I hadn't grieved from my own mum the year before. So being able to film in her hood where she grew up um, and taught, you know, for four decades she taught down there. Um to be able to share stories in that area but hear these stories of, of such tragedy and such loss, it, it was really overwhelming and, and very heart-wrenching and it did impact me in a really big way. But it also allowed the most beautiful, transparent relationships to happen and every single cast member that I worked with um we gained each other's trust and we were able, you know, that's what I love about directing is is it's a challenge to gain someone's trust. And when you do gain it, you have to nurture it and you have to look after it. And um, it, it just lighted my passion again for directing so much more because these people, I think we had one person 
right to our um, our investor, Sue Medson, um, and said, this is talking to Danielle and the crew was the very first time I've been able to share my story without somebody else interweaving their story. And I, I, I was able to sit for 40 minutes and share my story uninterrupted in the most gracious welcoming environment and that to me just I just nearly fell off my chair because I know who that person was and I know how hard it was for them to share that and to be trusted with that type of information and then to put it on a national platform um you know I can't I can't be more grateful for my crew who uh, enabled this project to happen because everybody was so nurturing the entire crew and and a lot of people said that and when you're telling a story that is so vulnerable and so um, transparent and you're dealing with deep, deep issues like suicide and hearts that are on the brink of suicide, you have to carry that story so gracefully and so gently. And to be able to have a crew that understood that and work with me and 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 share that story with me was a real blessing. And because um, it's a big responsibility, you don't want to sensationalize something like this, you know, and a lot of people do, unfortunately. So our greatest challenge was to be able to tell this story in a way that wasn't sensationalized, but it was the grassroots story of the human heart. And um, so, yeah, so thank you for sharing that with me. It, it, it's very encouraging. For me, I think that's the most beautiful thing is that the, the way you're sharing it from the heart and not sensationalizing it. You know, I, I think that, you know, I watch I, I don't watch TV. I just don't watch TV, but I'll watch the things on Netflix or on, you know, um, 10 play and that stuff like that. But you, and every now and then if something good comes up like this, you know, but the, the, I get so crossed, you know, when they do sensationalize somebody's life so that they can get ratings and stuff like that. And I think it's so dismissive of the person's and, and they cut it, they edit it, you know, just so that the bits they want can, can come out. But it was so apparent in what what you'd shared that that these people had this um perfectly vulnerable and real platform that was supported and that that you've you and your crew um filmed it with such um so such subtlety and such sensitivity mm. you know that that you you actually felt like you're sitting with that person mm. and you, <laughs> I'm such a sort but and you wanted to cry yeah. with them yes you know and cuddle them and I, I think that's a massive credit to you because you know you're not just a filmmaker like you, you're not and I don't care what anybody says I'm not I'm not from the filmmaking industry so my comments on that might not mean anything because I'm not an expert but you know, I see that you're not from that um you're not just a filmmaker you you you're an exceptional filmmaker who is um who uses your heart to connect with not just the show but the people you you know so you got the people you connect with but then you you show it inside uh, you know I can't speak highly enough of you Danielle you know beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful no it, you need to hear this and people need to say it and people need to stop congratulating people on oh good show good show you know this this is the stuff that needs to be shared and um, people listening to this need to um hear you, you know that it's not just a filmmaker cashing in on East Gippsland. You know, you know, it, it's someone investing their their heart and soul into local people and bringing the stories to them. Yeah, I know. I'm a sort of too. I feel like this is the most <laughs> episode I've ever done, but <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, 
it has to be said, you know, and we, we avoid this vulnerability, we avoid um, the tears, we avoid um, the, the soft words to each other, and we avoid the kindness and the, the, the sincerity. And I don't think we should do that in life. I think we should be saying these things and we should be um, bringing it to the surface to make it normal that we can have these conversations. And Thank you. you're, you're doing that exceptionally well. And I love you. As so are much. you. <laughs> you are gorgeous, seriously. <laughs> uh, oh, you're beautiful. Thank you. Uh, oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> why, why did you, oh, why did you, um, if anyone uh, just listening to this, not on the video, we're both born Africanized that. But anyway, you know what? That's what makes it real. And I'm not going to put on a bloody fluffy show for anybody. But, where did you, you grew up in Port Albert, but your mum was teaching up in Gipps, East Gippsland at the schools? Um, no, so I, my family originally um, moved to Port Albert and then I grew up in Longford. So I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was a Longford girl. Um, Dad's farm's still there. It's just a small hobby farm. We had, you know, five cows that we'd just use for our own beef. Um, we had chooks for eggs. We had veggie garden. Uh, we had horses, cats, dogs, ducks. Um, so I grew up there and, um, my mum taught 35 years at Sea Spray Primary School. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my dad taught, um, 40 something years all around the region or all around Gippsland. So Mafra Sale, um, Locksport, Sea Spray, Bragalong, like just all, yeah. yeah, the area of, um, I guess central Gippsland. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're, they're amazing people, very amazing. Now, what was it in you that said, you, you know, you were burnt out? I mean, you you were buggered from doing Beyond the Sash and, you you know, it was a big thing in your mum. What, what was it that made you say, I can make a difference? I can do something here too. Well, you must have known within you that you had the ability to, to uh, bring these stories out in a way that somebody else couldn't because you took it on even when you... Beyond the fire. Um, yeah, beyond the fire, yeah. Like you say, I was very burnt out and I didn't want to do it. Um, I, I have a big faith. I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I, I believe in God and um, I have a Christian faith and I, I pray every day. I wake up and I just connect with the one that created me. And it's not a religion. It's, it's not, I don't believe in religion. I believe in a relationship with the one that created me. He knows yes. me better than anyone else. He sees those dark places in my heart that no one else knows about and I can talk to him. And, and so often he speaks to me through people and I had, um, I was standing on my back porch and I literally, we were 200 kilometers from the main fire front and we were wearing masks cause you couldn't breathe cause the, the smoke was that thick. Um, and the, you know, the government was saying pop masks. And I think even people in Melbourne were wearing masks. Um, so I was standing there, I was thinking, what on earth can I do to help? Like what, can I do? And the only thing I know how to do is share stories. Like that's my, you know, or, or pray for people. And so I was like, okay, what can I do? And then three phone calls came through. And first one was Darcy and Clancy McAlpine, who are my cousins. They're, they're more like brothers than cousins. And they were creating or um, organizing, sorry, a 15 semi trailer load of hay to go up and, and they said, come on, Dan, bring the cameras. Let's capture this. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, even if you don't bring the cameras, just come with us. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. But I'm just like, I was literally, my body was carpet, like I was knackered. 
Um, and then my um, my associate producer, Lockie, who uh, I've been working with for like 15 years, he said, come on, Dan, we've got to do something. Let's just go for a day. Like we'll volunteer. We'll go. I was like, okay, okay. It's building up, building up. And then the final full stop was Sally Jones. <laughs> and she was like, come on, Dan, like, let's go with Darcy and Clance and let's, you know, and, and, and she was like, come down and we'll chat about what we can film and blah, 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 blah. And so we did, and I was like, okay, God's obviously, his three people have called within, you know, a day and going, come on, come on. I talked to my husband, I prayed, I was like, you know what, if the only thing I can do is just go on this one trip and connect and just be present with these people that are hurting and burning and 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 sorry to say burning but the people weren't burning but their hearts were burning because their land was burning and their animals and their livestock and that everything that they own is just burning to the ground and so if I can be there in that moment maybe just that presence of being there and being a support somehow might impact somebody and then when we did the trip it just I was like whoa you know you can see things on tv um, but when you are there on the front line witnessing the heartache of these people firsthand and it was still burning like we we were evacuated from Galantope because the fire came back down the hill and we were up there and they were telling us to get out and I kind of kept filming and, and then they really said you need to go <laughs> so we left um, and when you see those things you cannot not want to do something and help so we put together this proposal and and just trusted it. And within, you know, I believe in miracles. Um, I laid it down for, I think it was four months. And within an hour of each other, both the funding body and the network called me. Like in an hour after four months of laying it down and praying and going, come on, God, I believe in this project. We need to tell this story and just going, come on, come on, come on, in the middle of the pandemic and then boom, an hour, one called, the other called, yes, we'll find it, yes, we'll platform it. And and that was it. And and that's how it happened. And so, you know, that's why I, I never I can never say that it was me that did it. It's something else greater. There's there's something else greater at work here. And it's not about me. It's about humanity and it's about the heart of humanity. And that's what our whole company is about is just protecting and valuing and honoring and loving the heart of humanity. Um, because that's the creator's heart he loves every single one of us and he wants us to know that we're loved um and we need to share that more it's the only thing i believe that actually breaks down barriers and breaks down you know it's not about titles it's not about beliefs it's not it's it's about love like real deal love and seeing heart to heart and going i see you and and you are my fellow human being and i want to be there for you and so yeah that was the driving force Oh, I love that. And and don't apologize, never apologize for your faith, you know. Yeah. Call it call it God, call it, you know, call it source, call it uh, whatever whatever we want to call this yeah. this, you know, we've all got our own we've all got our own attachment to what what suits our what what drives us better, you know, but I so agree with you that it, it's um you know, we're so much bigger than what we think we are. We're just we're just this you know, we're just this like biological blood and bones, but we're not, you know, we're, we're a bundle of energy that's so connected. We're all connected to each other. And and when we do vibrate in that love frequency, magic happens, miracles happen. Yes, yes, absolutely. We've, 
we've overused the word love and we throw it around like, well, it's, it's, it's attached to sex. And, you know, we've got this whole sort of ridiculous shit going on with love. If we actually know what, if we actually stop and feel and enjoy and expand pure love, mm. you know, from the source or, or from within us or that is connected to each of us, however you want to say it, it miracles happen. Like, yeah. We're capable of anything if we operate in the love space. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, spot on. <laughs> spot on, Karen. It's it's oh, it is. It's it's a beautiful place to operate out of. I know. I love it so much. You know what? We've I've, I probably could talk to you for um forever and ever and ever. And I probably had another thousand questions, but I reckon we've 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 hit everything in a nutshell. You know, like that that you're you're an amazing film filmmaker and it's not just a filmmaker you're just a freaking exceptional what you're doing you've done this amazing you know beyond be, be behind the sash to highlight all these incredible women you've gone up to East Gippsland and you, you know just brought these stories to life but more so than that you've got these men to who have been so closed and so um mm. so locked up you know with what's not manly yes and You've you've opened, crack that open, and they're able now. You've saved their lives because, and many others because, not only that the men that talk to you now feel they can share vulnerable stories. Other men watching it and their mates and the ripple effect of what you've yeah. done up there is is going to save many, many, many lives. You know, and I know you. I, so. I know you're not sitting there with a tick. You know, ticking <laughs> off like. But but it's um to do that is um you, you know if you want to call it God whatever it's it's it is the essence of that love do you, you know and and you're you're being a conduit you know to put using your um your talents and passions to to bring that to the world and to me that's just the most beautiful gift that you, you can bring to the world and. You know, as much as I want to ask you so many more questions, you know, I won't keep going forever, but I think we've covered the essence of, of you mm. and um, how you're using your thing and getting off the bench and, you know, and you're just freaking beautiful, you know. And I, I, <laughs> so I love are you. <laughs> so are you in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the sookiest episode I've ever done. But, um, hey, welcome to being in my world. I, <laughs> I, I cry every day. I'm a, I'm a big crier, but it's it's because you've got a big heart. It's, you know, yeah. you care and you love and we all have that in us. Yeah. Just some people have got like a bit of a rock there and I've experienced that, but I've also experienced the softness of when your heart is soft and it's a beautiful, it's so beautiful. It is. I cry every day too. I mean, <laughs> look, at, look at a little puppy dog video on bloody Facebook and I'm sucking and Nikki looks at me like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so now this um, yeah, podcast is obviously get off the bench to inspire people to follow their dreams, to live their passions, you know, and, and, and just go for it and trust. What, what advice would you give to people to just live the life they're meant to live? I think, um, I think we all have to remember, and, and you know, I say, I say this so often, so if anyone's listening, I'm sorry if you've heard this a thousand times, but um, I think we need to recognise that we matter, like no matter who you are and no matter how big or small your mission is in life, we matter and that we have a history 
And in that, in that history, if we remove ourselves from that place of history, then there's a gap missing. And so we have a responsibility as a human being to fulfill the call upon our life, because if we don't do it, no one else can, you know, there might, as I said before, there might be somebody else that's doing a podcast like you, but they're not going to do get off the bench the way you do it. They can't because they're not you and what you carry is unique and it's authentic. And so my advice would be to always remember that you matter, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what people say, no matter what you've been through, no matter your circumstances, um, no matter the crushing that, you know, when you think of grapes, grapes are crushed, but they make beautiful wine. And so we have to remember in those seasons of crushing that the season after that is wine and wine is beautiful and we all enjoy that. And so remembering that you have a purpose, you matter, and that without you fulfilling your purpose, there is a gap missing. Therefore, you have a responsibility as a human. And that's a lot of pressure to carry at times, but we we can do it through love and through having operating, like you say, operating out of that place of love and not out of a place of pressure or expectation, but just going, okay, I love, what do I love? I love humans. I love cats, I love dogs, whatever it is I love and operating out of that place to create change and, and, and to remember that you really do matter. Yep. Uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. On my big wish list for down track is to make um, documentaries. So I might have to chase you up at some point. Oh, catch up. Let's catch up. Coffee. That's my, Every time I do one of those things, what would you really want to do? And I write down documentaries. I think, oh, not yet. I'll, I'll do it later. <laughs> It just keeps coming up. So good on you. You should. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be telling people stories, and but um, well, you are already. I am already, but yeah, I've just got a thing about photos and film, and yeah. So, but but I I so agree, and and you know for for me that's sort of in the future, and other people listening to this, you can have these long term things that you know I'm not going to achieve that for five years, but what can I get started now? You know, what mm. can I do now? And I think that you've hit the nail on the head that it's um you know that that we've all got a unique voice and we've all got a unique um positioning you know and and you say we've got a responsibility and daniel pink says um you know we've got a a moral obligation to fulfill that that thing and i think that um i think people fear what if i fail what if i what if people reject me what if they criticize me well what if they do who gives a shit because that happens all day every day you know yeah. They, they're going to do it if you do. They're going to do it if you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you might as well do it. Fantastic. You might as well do your thing and feel that does it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Danielle, yeah. I have absolutely freaking loved this. And, you know, you, you're just a shining star. You're just bringing so much love, so much hope. You, you're bringing um, opportunities for people's true hearts to be out in the world. And, and love it, love it, love it. Now, I want people to go... Um, chasing you and start following you and, and not because you're not in it for the metrics, but to see what you're doing, to watch some of these shows, you know, and and where can people find you? To do, I've got a hundred things written here. So <laughs> I'm kind of only really on Instagram at Danielle McElpine Johnson, or I've got like a private account on um, Facebook, Danielle Johnson. So either of those, otherwise, yeah, look up Cheeky Mac Productions and send me an email. I'm always open to love and chats and 
you know, um, opportunities to collaborate and um, and to tell really valuable stories. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put all of these um, things, all the links to beyond, Behind the Sash, Beyond the Fire, all that stuff. I'm going to put all that in the show notes because I want people to go watch them and just, and you know, really enjoy what you're putting out into the world. So um, and I hope, hope people connect with you because, yeah, I don't know how we duplicate you, but gee, I wish we could. You. <laughs> You're gorgeous. <laughs> Likewise, Karen. You are just beautiful. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to speak with you and and keep doing what you're doing because um, your energy is, yeah, unmatched. You're just an awesome human. Oh, thank you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're gorgeous. <laughs> you're so beautiful i can't wait to catch up for that coffee yeah me either <laughs> Big love, beautiful yeah, you too. thanks so much <laughs> bye honey right, bye bye see ya oh guys that was i tell you that's got to be the sookiest episode i've ever recorded but oh my god you know when you when genuine people you know bring their as as daniel said bring their passion together with their pain or with a cause or something like that and 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 genuinely go out into the world, you know, with with love and with a genuine desire to make the world a better place and to bring, you know, in good energy and to bring stories to the surface and, and to crack people open so that they can truly be seen as themselves and they can truly present as themselves. That's magical. And imagine the world if we all walked around truly being authentic and and truly being vulnerable, wearing our heart on our sleeves. And I don't mean to be crushed. I mean that we can truly, truly express ourselves and be loved for who we are. And that, that is the world that would, would, would blow us all away and would be the tipping point, you know, just to, I don't know, this is what I fight for every day. And I tell you what, Danielle is just absolutely beautiful I don't know how many times I said that but probably a ton but uh, I, I truly mean it now I, I did ask her where you could find her and she said Instagram so go and start following her there and have a look and there's also her website cheeky mac productions uh, uh, cheeky mac.com and um, I am going to put all of these in the in the in the show notes because there is like I reckon about 15 links but it's to be behind the sash and beyond the fire and they were the only two we really got to talk about but she's done so much more so go check her out and I hope that's been inspiring and hope that's sort of given you a bit of a nudge to say that you really can do and be whatever you want to be and and just it is kind of a moral obligation but why wouldn't you want to be doing the thing you love so I hope that's inspired you and again thank you so much for joining me and um, I couldn't do this without you I'd be talking to a brick wall so I thank you for for joining every week and uh, listening to these amazing people that I'm I'm bringing to the show all right that's it for me and I will catch you next week see ya Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.